0: You're listening to a podcast from Is 2. We're about to uh, bring you a masterclass. And listen, every Wednesday we bring you a masterclass where we just immerse ourselves. We just con- we become all consumed about a particular subject matter. Um, and if there's one that you're curious about, we will go out there, find the experts. So tell us what it is and we'll find the experts to uh, come and talk to us about it. So Today's one uh, we've got multiple components to it. It's all about exercise and COVID-19. And we're going to be looking at that through various lenses, you know, um, as a way of informing ourselves when we are in quarantine or uh, self-isolation, isolate. Self if we have mild COVID, if we have um, severe COVID. Um, and post COVID and even with long COVID, what should our approach be when it comes to exercise? Um, and we're seeing a lot of high performance athletes, of course, um, taking back to the field. Luckily, as, uh, different countries have managed to bring down restrictions, various associations, in fact, managing, man- managing to bring down restrictions and allowing for the resumption of uh, sport. So, um, how is this taking place? Luckily, our guests have, uh, uh my guest has a great experience in this. Um, that is Dr Moshe Macheti from the sport Medici- from sport medicine south africa it 's a collection of doctors that work um, and are focused on sport medicine and they 've worked with uh, different uh, or sporting organizations like um, south african rugby Safa Kaiser Chiefs, the Lions, and they're all too familiar with what it takes to excel and perform at this level. And of course, the disruption that COVID-19 has brought about to um, the, the the sporting codes that uh, we love so much. So that'll be today's masterclass. Give us a call. How has your exercise life been since COVID-19? Um, I'll share my experience but what's been your experience with the uh, COVID 19 and just trying to keep fit and keep healthy because what it's also done is that it's reminded us that this machine requires a lot of care and maintenance and we need to look after it accordingly 702 masterclass. so this afternoon we're joined by dr moshe Macheti. he has um he has made notable contributions um in uh, team sport um He was team sport, for instance, with the teams and uh, the associations that I mentioned earlier on, UJ rugby teams during the varsity rugby tournaments. He's also the medical officer for the Lions junior and senior rugby teams on match days since uh, uh, several years ago. In fact, he's also the media liaison for the Irish rugby national team when they played in Ellis Park uh, a couple of years ago is also the media the the medical officer rather at uh, Ellis Park when the Springboks played uh, at Ellis Park too. So he's quite well versed in um, performance, sport, and just what is required for our athletes to to, to um, compete at the highest level. So not only are we going to get insights about COVID nineteen and how it affects sports teams and the bubbles that they have to go into, but also how COVID uh, is affecting our exercise regimes and what we can be mindful of and do differently. Dr. Machetti, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon.
1: Hi, good
0: afternoon. How are you? Good I'm, afternoon to your listeners as well. I'm very good. Thank you. Um, I can imagine that as a doctor and a sports lover, you get to bring together these two interests quite successfully. And it, it's a nice, happy mix. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. I think I'm going to start calling it a happy mix but definitely <laughs> I do enjoy my my job. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. And uh, the doctor collective that you're a part of at Sport Medicine South Africa much the same you all uh, uh contribute in different ways to different teams and the sporting world through your medical know-how. But when we if we can start by looking at The individual before we go into the teams, uh, something of benefit for our listeners, just everyday mortal beings like me (laughs) Uh, and understanding COVID-19 and exercise. We'll talk about the teams a little bit later on, but just understanding the impact of COVID-19 and exercise and that relationship. would That would be a good starting point. So. It goes without saying, right, because research has shown that exercise can support our immune systems and also that it improves our mental health. And during this period, it's been uncertain. I know I haven't been quite sure, especially when I had COVID-19, about what to do and when. So... Let's start with the role of exercise and the the role that it plays in our ability to to fight infection and in our well-being. What is the role of
2: exercise?
1: Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Very good question. Um, So throughout the years, we have seen research relating to exercise actually increase. And a lot has been said regarding to the benefits of exercise. I think because today's topic is relating particularly to COVID-19, maybe let me speak particularly about the immune uh, benefits of exercising. So what you need to be aware of and what our listeners need to be aware of is number one, there is a difference between the levels of exercise that we engage in. So if you, for example, engage in mild to moderate intensity exercise, the benefits to your immune system are not going to be the same as when you are engaging in um, more intense, severe intensity exercise.
0: Mm.
1: What has been uh, discovered is mild to moderate intensity exercise actually has benefits to the immune system, which is why if, for example, you go to any doctor um, and you are diagnosed with a chronic illness, like high, high blood pressure, they will tell you to try to start exercising for 30 minutes, five to seven times a week um, in an intensity that is mild to moderate. So you don't want to go to a severe intensity because actually the opposite starts happening. Mm. Your immune system can be depressed. So um, from a COVID point of view, we've also seen that uh, with those who are fit and who exercise regularly, they don't tend to get uh, severe COVID. Of course, there are exceptions here and there, but uh, for most parts, they will get mild to moderate uh, COVID. However, you can also have situations where you can get complications
0: from from COVID. Yes, yes, but broadly uh, speaking, there is a benefit to exercise and the level of uh, sickness. If I'm hearing you correctly, that you end up acquiring. I must say, uh, when I got COVID last year in November, I just finished the auto trail, and I had I had been hiking, walking, climbing every day for five days and then covid happened in day, day three after the end of the hike and um, it was definitely mild, absolutely mild. When I compare with the stories of other people, I had COVID really, really mild. And my suspicion was that it had something to do with that. It had something to do with the fact that for five days straight, I had been walking nonstop in fresh air, doing about 13 kilometers, sometimes seven kilometers out. on any given day out there in um, that Tsitsikama, uh forest. So I, it's my suspicion that that's why my COVID was, uh, well, the likely, that is quite likely that that's why it was as mild as it was. So you say that there is a connect a correlation.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm actually quite impressed with um, your exercise routine. But yeah, 100%. So I only mentioned the immune response to exercise. But you also have um, other responses, you know, your cardiovascular system, your hormonal system, your mental health. You know, uh, what people may not be aware of is if mentally you are healthy, your immune system becomes happy as well. So I I do agree with you 100%, it's a great thing, and I hope uh, this is something we can all learn from, that, you know, when we are trying to prevent COVID, one of the best ways of doing it is to keep you fit and healthy.
0: Mm. So in that journey though uh, we we have to take a different approach right so if i'm quarantining it's important to and i'm asymptomatic what should the physical activity be like if i'm if let's take this in different stages in the covid life cycle or in the covid journey and how it presents if i am i self isolating so i'm all alone uh, but i don't have symptoms i'm asymptomatic um what what are the guidelines around physical activity
1: yeah um, very important question. So it's, you see, a lot of people, especially those who either are asymptomatic or have mild COVID, they tend to then think that they can maybe continue exercising on their own or, you know, be physically active in some way. Mm. That, that's, there's a problem with that because um, as you or as many of us know, for example, if you have flu, Uh, generally we don't recommend that you exercise because then you can predispose yourself to the potential complications uh, of the virus. It's the same with COVID. Whether you are diagnosed with an asymptomatic disease or mild disease, you need to um, confine yourself to only activities of daily living. That, That means standing up, walking to the kitchen, coming back and not doing anything that will take your heart rate Um, above certain levels. Mm. So um, when you are quarantining and self-isolating for the first 10 days, we recommend that all you are doing is activities of daily living. For the very uh, reason that I've mentioned now that we don't want uh, the patient to experience complications of COVID itself, which we have seen, especially uh, in people with mild or asymptomatic disease. And then suddenly, There are certain complications that arise, Mm -hmm. and it's a surprise to them. But when you actually take a history and you speak to them and you go or you delve deeper into um, what they've been doing, you find out they've actually been exercising. So when you are quarantining, activities of daily living. And then after that, we can discuss what you need to do.
0: Right. And if I do have uh, COVID, and I have recovered from it. When, what should we be looking at? How do we assess if someone can return to exercise?
1: Yeah. So there's what we refer to as simply graduated return to training or graduated return to exercise. So um, I don't know if uh, I'm going to take too long, but I'm going to try and quickly summarize it for you. Okay. We've been diagnosed with COVID, Okay whether it's mild or severe, you have to go through a 10-day mandatory isolation period. Now, um, we would even take it deeper uh, and say, if you still have symptoms and those symptoms are quite significant, you are most likely still infectious. So uh, then the 10-day mandatory isolation period may need to be extended depending on how you feel. Mm. As soon as you are completely asymptomatic, then you can uh, de-isolate, and then we can start saying, okay, when was the last time you experienced symptoms? And then we give you seven days between your last experience of symptoms and when we can start the graduated return to exercise uh, protocol. Mm. But before you start exercising, then you need to see a physician, like one of us, for example, in sports medicine Africa, where we take a thorough history, we examine you, we do some special investigations, we exclude any potential risk factors for you experiencing a complication when you return to exercise. And then if we are happy with the screening process, we will then graduate you through a six-stage process uh, back to full exercise.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a gentle return and, uh, you've been sedentary for quite a while, for several weeks. So you've got to ease Mm -hmm. back in because that, that being that that the sedentary part in itself is also quite exhausting because you feel stagnant. You feel stuck and just, yeah, stale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not nice yeah. No, it's not nice So the tendency might yeah. be to um, to want to hurry back But you're saying rather just ease back in But I think the body also tells you Because um, I remember trying to get back to, to yoga and i just couldn't do mm. the poses the way i used to be able to before exactly. that mm. um and it just mm. kind of tells you that slowly gently we're not ready easy now um and no need to 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 yeah. rush and sometimes that fatigue you even though you don't have symptoms but there is, can easily be uh, the the lingering fatigue from the actual virus so i can understand why this is yeah. all a, a graduated process
1: yeah 100% so um, this is actually a very important conversation because a lot of people, you know, we are seeing people going to cardiac arrest and experience all forms of complications because they are actually not aware of our discussion today. Um, so, in a normal situation, let's say you stop exercising, not because you are ill or because you have any disability, but you just stop exercising, let's say for three weeks. For each day that you are not exercising, you are deconditioning. That means you are losing a certain percentage Uh, of your fitness.
0: That's the part that's so unfair, Dr. Mukheti. That's the part that's so unfair. You've worked so hard and then within three days, you already start deconditioning.
1: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's how interesting the body is. Now, what we are seeing is with COVID, it it appears to be that the deconditioning actually... Um, is more accelerated than hmm. in a normal situation so your three weeks could almost feel like a three months so it's almost like you are starting from scratch kind of thing mm-hmm. which is why it's so important to then graduate into a uh, full exercise or full intensity exercise and also to go through a screening process Uh just so you you also protect your body I think in your introduction you I uh, likened the body to a machine that must be taken care of and that must be serviced. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after COVID, especially after COVID. That's very important.
0: Uh, so you do recommend uh, getting, even if we weren't in an exercise regime before we got sick, after COVID, you recommend that we get into some form of exercise because of, and that's why maybe people lose weight. So many of us have lost weight after COVID uh, and this is about, wow. and, and, and there's a consequence of the this deconditioning um, that may have happened during that time. It's incredible. So three weeks equates to, would be about like three months with COVID, uh, the effect on the muscles and on the body. So we should pick up an exercise regime.
1: Yeah, 100%. So not necessarily three months, but it's far more accelerated yes. than in a, in a normal situation. Yeah. And listen, if once you have had COVID, don't give up uh, exercising. You know, and I'm, I'm glad you are an exercising um, individual, and, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are too. But what I have experienced as well, because I also had problems, and mine was actually quite severe, was that in the first week when I tried to return to exercise, and I I was doing it in a graduated fashion, I almost felt like giving up because it felt like my body will never get to even a normal way um, of, of exercising, you know. But very interestingly, when you persist, and you persist and you persist. Suddenly the body remembers because even your muscles have uh, uh, memory cells. in them. It remembers where you come from and it starts conditioning itself uh, back to that level. Mm, mm,
0: wow. Yes. That's so interesting. We've got some questions for you coming in on the WhatsApp line. So please take a listen.
1: Hi, Azar. I just want to check with the doctor. He alluded that uh, moderate and mild exercise uh, is good for the immune system, um, uh, but he was touching on, on intensive and excessive uh, high-intensity exercise. I do understand that that has a brief uh, compromise on your immune system while you are recovering. I just want to check with the doctor. Is that understanding correct? Thanks. It's Marcellus okay. from Waterfall.
0: Bye. Yes, Marcellus, thank you for that. Is that understanding correct?
1: Yeah, 100%. So like I said, mild to moderate intensity exercise, when you look at certain parameters that we measure, when we look at the immune system, they go up. Whereas certain immune cells during exercise, especially intense uh, exercise, um, they actually get depressed. So you'll find, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners will agree with me, if for example, Um, in a particular week, you you decide you just, you are going to give it a go. Uh, You are just going to give it a go. You are going to give it a go and give it a go. Then suddenly when you wake up the next day, it's almost like you are feeling a bit fluish. bit (laughs) Sickish. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And it's basically because um, the immune system has taken a bit of a knock and it can happen almost immediately.
0: Mm. Mm, You feel a little bit sickish and you wonder. uh, So that's what's happening. Here's another one. Uh, Okay, no, we'll get that one. It's being uh, it's being resubmitted. But um, one of our listeners says is sharing their experience about uh, COVID saying my exercise was perfect last year when lockdown level five started. Uh, This work from home plus rotationally going to the office, my six pack is gone. And I'm struggling to get back to gym or jogging, and also started eating lots of junk food. And it is that sedentary life that confined life you you do tend to adopt some bad habits apart from sitting a lot, um in this case as our as one of our listeners suggests, also eating the inappropriate food. Any advice on how we can counter that?
1: Okay, yeah, so um any advice on how we can counter that. First of all, I think I need to say that uh, some studies have shown that a sedentary lifestyle can be more dangerous than even something like high blood pressure or diabetes. Um, and so we need to try and run away from it as, as much as possible. Um, pun not intended. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, how do you avoid a sedentary lifestyle and perhaps uh, going into junk in any Anything relating to the body, everything has to be graduated. So, for example, if somebody wants to quit smoking and they were, let's say, smoking a pack a day, right, it becomes more difficult to stop smoking uh, immediately like that. So we will recommend you, let's say, going down to 18 a day, 15 a day, uh on a weekly basis, something like that, until you get to a space where you are no longer smoking. It's the same with exercise and with diet. If you go too intensely, your body cannot adjust to the sudden changes. And that's why then uh, people will, will experience some form of uh, side effects, if I can use that word, uh, because they have gone uh, too strongly. So. Everything you do when it relates to exercise and diet in particular, and I'd recommend speaking to a a nutritionist or a dietitian. Mm -hmm. you can't just stop everything abruptly. Do it in a graduated fashion. Speak to somebody who is an expert in uh, the field and then try to engage in whatever uh, changes you want to engage in.
0: Right, okay, so graduate I think that's going to be my takeout for today Graduate everything (laughs) Let's take the headlines And then we're going to come back with more with my guest Dr. Moshe Macheti He is from uh, Sport Medicine South Africa and we're looking at exercise And COVID-19, whether it was mild uh, Whether it was severe And of course there's the question of Long COVID, how do you introduce Exercise and as he has said You do have to start quite gently And then graduate every thing so that the body remembers and returns to uh, a level of fitness where it was before uh, that that deconditioning is much more severe with covid than with just the uh, 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 when when you stop exercising without covid but when you when you've had covid that deconditioning while you are recovering actually is much more uh, accelerated and more severe than without so it tells you that uh, you will need to get into some
3: 702
0: Masterclass And we're back with Dr. Moshe Macheti We're taking your questions now He's from Sport Medicine, South Africa So many of your voice notes are coming in Abel, let's get to them Dr. Macheti, just listen closely and we'll answer each one as it comes
3: Hi, Zania I'm so glad you're talking about this today I am recovering from COVID I'm sort of on the six-week mark Along with my children, age 11 and 10 I was running 10Ks or so, quite active and quite fit, and it knocked me for six, even though I I consider my case mild. I have had to reintroduce exercise very slowly, keeping my heart rate on advisement by the doctor at 120 beats per minute. But the interesting thing for me has been my children, especially my eldest. He's quite active. He plays cricket. And the other day, he came out of training, and he was red in the face and crying and bordering on collapse. Um, They'd made him run some sprints. And I had to contact the school and say, guys, please, (laughs) you've got to be mindful. This child has had COVID. Mm -hmm. We cannot be making our children um, run laps and do high-intensity sprints and and crazy heart rate-inducing exercise. Children also have hearts, and they need protecting. So please, watch yourselves. Uh, I was told by um, the doctor, three months, low-intensity, three months. It's a long time. But it's worth it, I think.
0: It's important, too. Um, any comments on that, Dr. Maghiti? Because when you look at some of the the, the the figures, there's a 22% higher prevalence of cardiac injury in patients who have been hospitalized with COVID-19 when we compare to just 1% in patients with other viral infections. So we know that the heart and several organs, in fact, are quite affected by this particular infection.
1: Yeah, Um, So what uh, one of your listeners just said now is quite, quite important to highlight. When COVID started, we thought of it as almost like a flu-like illness, meaning that um, its effects will mainly be respiratory related. But now we know that COVID is more than just a respiratory illness. It's a systematic disease which mainly affects the vascular system the vascular system mean, uh, meaning your blood vessels. Now there are blood vessels everywhere in the body, meaning this illness can impact any part of the body or all parts of the body if it complicates. This is one of the reasons why when we go back to exercising, we are not really at our, uh, our best. And unfortunately, uh, we have to graduate like I've been saying. So what we have found is even with mild or asymptomatic disease, if you don't uh, manage it properly, you can get complications, like you said, like cardiovascular complications, the common one being myocarditis. So the virus actually um, depositing itself in the heart muscles, and that can come up with all sorts of uh, complexities, including sudden cardiac arrest and death. So uh, it's, you know... um, I think this topic is so important. I wish the whole world could listen, because uh, in the case of that young man who has then made it to sprint, mm-hmm. that was actually putting his life at risk. Um, the 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 return to exercise has to be in a graduated fashion. It has to be supervised, and uh, you need to have seen at least the sports physician before you start uh, exercising.
0: Right. And what about when we've taken the vaccine? My producer is telling me that he went running and uh, during that uh, brief run, he realized that his heart rate was, was really, really high after being vaccinated. What should the approach be? Because uh, vaccinations also have uh, uh, some contraindications or they, 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 you do need to look out for certain symptoms or responses from the body after vaccination.
1: Yeah, so the guidelines are if you are vaccinated and you are in a bubble, then you can wait 48 hours before you resume exercise. But if you are vaccinated and you are not necessarily in a bubble, then at least 72 hours. I would take it to even five to seven days. Uh, Because like you have said, to a certain extent, the vaccine will behave almost like a a virus. But the objective is to, of course, uh, stimulate the immune system Mm -hmm. so that the body can then defend itself in the case of potential future infection. So, um, with a, with a vaccination as well, don't immediately go back to exercise, whether it's the next day or two days after, even when you are feeling well and you haven't experienced uh, any side effects, wait at least three days and then uh, try to, to uh, resume exercise again, not in a, um, in an intense fashion, but start slowly, even though you you, you won't go with uh, the same protocol that we use when somebody has been infected with. COVID.
0: Right. Uh, One from uh, another SMS says, um, I'm still struggling. Thank you for this conversation around COVID-19. I had contracted it in December. I'm still struggling and have lost a lot of weight. I was a marathon runner and now I can't even finish a 5K. So uh, would that graduated approach also apply there?
1: Yeah, 100%. So, with that athlete or the listener who sent you that question, I think he needs to see a sports uh, physician Okay. because we actually need to check what went wrong. Um, I've seen a couple of cases where uh, people of of his caliber had mild or even asymptomatic COVID. And when they tried to go back to COVID, they were struggling.
0: Tried to go back when to running. Them for. Mm.
1: Yeah, running. Uh, sorry, back to running. My apologies. Yes. Um, when we then referred them to, for example, a cardiologist, we found that they had uh, myocardial injury and also pulmonary injury, meaning the heart and the lungs were actually impacted, despite the fact that they had mild or asymptomatic disease. Mm-hmm. And so they had to wait at least six months without uh, trying to engage in exercise to allow the body to heal itself. And then it's almost like you're starting from scratch. So my advice to him or her would be, please see a sports physician. Make sure that you are um, examined and uh, if necessary, referred to the appropriate specialist so that they can actually find the root cause of your challenges.
2: Mm. Let's go back to the voice notes. Uh, Here's one more. Good afternoon, Aza and the 702 listeners, and uh, thank you very much, Dr. Mokheti, for this uh, important talk that you're having with us today. I got COVID last year, December, and uh, I would say I was at my peak of exercise uh, where I would do strength training and running, um, a combination, and I would successfully do that in a day, for example, I would in the morning go run 10 kilometers and then go spinning for 45 minutes. And uh, so uh, then when I got COVID, I had to come back to a gradu- through a graduated program uh, guided by my physiotherapist. And I must say it was very humbling, it was very difficult. I had to start with walking and then graduate to brisk walking and no running for quite some time. And when I went back to spinning before I could run, that that spinning, I struggled in the first uh, class that I did. And yes, but it it is just like you're saying, Dr. Mukheti, listen to your body. Uh, And it's true, your body has got uh, memory, muscle memory. So, uh, but it took some time, but I did go back. So thank you very much. Stay patient. Here's another one.
1: Please define what is moderate and what is intense training. Is 5, 10 kilometers moderate or is intense? Thank you.
0: Okay. So let's define moderate and intense training. Mild and moderate and intense.
1: Okay. Uh, so, so it's easy. The easiest way for you to know uh, the level you are exercising at is by looking at your maximal heart rate. Uh, we can complicate it and look at things like VO2 max, et cetera, but uh, maximal heart rate is basically what defines whether you are uh, engaging in mild, moderate, or intense. So if, for example, you are going at 70% of your maximal heart rate, that would be defined as moderate intensity exercise. Once you go above 85%, now you are engaging in uh, severe intensity exercise.
0: Okay. I've always struggled with that uh, calculation or knowing how to to work that out, but thank you for that outline. Now, um Let's look at uh, bubbles. I really want to understand the sports bubbles uh, idea because we saw lots of uh, sports events being postponed. Many leagues across the world had to stop until we understood what we were faced with. You know, even spectators were not able to attend matches and so on. And one of the most successful ones was the NBA. The NBA seems to have had a really effective bubble and they were able to have a number of matches over Quite a period, in fact, with staffers, players, league officials. None of them testing positive over um, what 172 games, I think, which is just staggering that they had such great success. And then, when you look at the Olympics, for instance, they seem to have had a bit of a a hybrid approach uh that you had to stay at the village or at an authorized uh, hotel, for instance, one that is approved by the Olympic Committee, and that. Um, you could go out but it was restricted. You could leave and go to the from the Olympic Village to uh, where the to the stadia or the arena where the the competition was was happening. But there were certainly quite a number of cases. In fact, the South African men's soccer team was the first to have uh, athletes test positive within the village. You have had a look at um, these particular bubbles. Do you think that they are the approach that they they, they are a good and effective way to uh, to ensure that there is a semblance of continuity in
2: sport
1: yeah i think they are very good and effective so here at sports medicine africa the four directors or the four founders um, myself i'm with the women's springbok rugby team dr Ngwenya is with bafana bafana dr mampan is with the springbok male team he's currently in australia with them and Dr. Mulungwa is with Sasko. He actually was one of the six doctors who went to the Olympics. Wow. So we have all experienced um, or had to facilitate what you refer to as a bubble. Um, and we have exchanged uh, notes. Mm. And to a large extent, to a very large extent, it's, a, it's an effective way of managing uh, the preventative strategies uh, relating to uh, COVID-19. For example, when Dr. Nguyenha uh, facilitated the return of the uh, football competition, the premiership in this country, he successfully facilitated it without much uh, complications. The whole country had not, or rather, the whole competition had not taken place for a while. And uh, he was able to put together protocols and guidelines which were distributed to the different teams and the American teams And we saw the competition actually uh, finish without many problems. I've been in three camps now with the Springbok women. And um, we, about two, three weeks ago, we completed a camp where we played two test matches against Kenya. In all those three camps I've been with them, we never had one single positive test. Mm. Uh, So it's a very effective way. It's cumbersome, it's complex, uh, the logistics behind it. Uh, can be challenging, but it's very effective.
0: Wow. And at least there is some continuation. Do you foresee that this will be the approach uh, moving forward? Um, because I see that, the, for instance, the NFL in the U.S. had what they called a virtual kind of bubble, which really didn't work. It was an absolute mess. They had several uh, uh, cases coming yeah. out of there. So to kind of try and deviate from a very controlled system um, doesn't prove to, to hold.
1: Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part. Uh, It has to be so you can have two types of bubble, a soft bubble or a hard bubble or a hard biosafe environment. For a soft bubble, generally you do tend to get problems. But when it's a hard bubble, then it's almost uh, you can almost completely mitigate the risks of um, uh, getting infected either as an individual or uh, as a team. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess with time, as we are gathering data and we are collecting all information, we will then see what's the most effective way of killing out the bubble. But what I would say from where I am is uh, a hard bubble, as challenging as it is, is the most effective way.
0: Mm. What do you think society can learn from these insights that you've managed to gather from the, the the experiences that you've had, we think of schools, organizations. Like, mm. what do you think broader society can then learn from how uh, the sporting industry is doing things?
1: So the buzzword in medicine now is prevention, 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 mm. and that's what uh, society can learn. Prevention, not just in sports, not just relating to COVID but relating to everything uh, pertaining to health. So um, what we have tried to to do, for example, as national teams or even as professional teams is to just make sure that we don't run ourselves into risk. And I think the challenge with the society right now is some of the resources we have can be... Um, you. you, you inaccessible yeah they can be inaccessible mainly because of uh, economic challenges Uh but you can still uh, exercise all the basic preventative strategies that we've been trying to to preach for the last year and a half or so you know social distance if you need to sanitize wear your mask and just don't put yourself, uh, in unnecessarily
0: risky situations. Yes. And I guess it, it's, it, there's fatigue. Society is experiencing fatigue at the moment. COVID fatigue, mask wearing mm. pre- uh, precautions mm. and all the things that we, the protocol, uh, for, uh, that we have to observe fatigue. So in these controlled mm. settings, and I guess you're dealing with highly focused individuals, you know, athletes must be some of the most focused people. How do you then counter that? How do you manage for, um, the system not holding?
1: I think one of the challenges we are seeing now is, I don't know if as countries and as communities, we are working in tandem. You know, we have sort of lost that congruency of communicating the same language, etc. cetera. Um, we need to come up with strategies that enable us to support one another. So if, for example, I'm staying in Renbeck, how do we as Renbeck continue engaging in exercise-related activities without placing risk on ourselves? How do we go to restaurants without necessarily placing risk on ourselves? How can we speak the uh, the same language, come up with programs that enable us to still function as society without necessarily placing ourselves uh, at risk? So, for example, shows like yours are so important uh, when you discuss um, subjects of this nature because then... Uh, we don't just learn, but then we can say, okay, how can we come up with programs that enable us to still function in this type of climate that we are, we are in now?
0: Yeah. Here's a question uh, from one of our listeners, another voice notes. Let's take a listen.
1: Hey Azana, please just ask your guy, no? why does COVID hit the most fittest uh, people, especially the marathon? and the road runners it hits them the most why is that
0: Mm. i remember cameron vandenberg uh, also he was one of the earlier well-known south africans reporting in uh, the the infection he said he was infected and that it was really really challenging and we all thought huh but he's quite fit surely surely you know as a swimmer so is there any truth to that and if so why
1: yeah, so um, you will see when we travel with uh, professional teams, we will order a lot of uh, supplements as in vitamins, uh, electrolyte replacement, uh, rehydration solutions, etc., etc. Mm. Because basically, like I said, when you engage in intense uh, exercise, you are placing your body under a severe strain. Remember, exercise breaks your body and then you need okay, to recover nice. for your body to repair itself. Mm. But that also includes the immune system, as I've been saying. So um, marathon runners in particular, they uh, those people push at high-intensity exercise. Now, the immune system is going to take a knock. And obviously then when COVID takes advantage, it's going to try and uh, spread itself in that body. So that's really the main reason uh, why why that happens. How can then an elite athlete Um, prevent themselves from getting severe COVID. Like I have mentioned, supplement yourself. Mm -hmm. Vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, zinc, fluid. When it's time to recover, make sure you recover. When it's time to sleep, make sure you sleep. In that way, then your body can Uh, Managed to defend itself
0: Mm. It's been wonderful talking to you Dr. Macheta Uh, All the best to you and your your colleagues Your co-founders and the great work that you're doing In the sporting sector Um, And you you do deal with Private individuals because we are getting Questions about how do I get in touch With them
1: <laughs> yeah. Um we we have a practice at Renberg. Yeah. Uh we also have a branch uh, in Biloni, But you can visit us at sportsmedicineafrica.com. dot yes. then- com uh, it will send you to all our other social media platforms.
0: Fantastic. That's sport, sports, plural, sports with an S, medicineafrica.com. Fantastic website. Uh, that's where you'll find all the details on not just Dr. Moshe Macheta and the work that he uh, uh, does, but also his colleagues at Sports Medicine South Africa. And that was our masterclass.